Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church, and I'm with you here today taking your calls and texts live on the air. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible and things going on in your life. Maybe you've been reading the scriptures or reading the Bible for a while, and there's something you've always wondered about, or maybe there's a passage you've read recently and you're not exactly sure how to make sense of it. Or maybe there's something going on in the world or in your life, and you're curious what the Bible would have to say about that. Give us a call. We'd love to discuss those kinds of questions with you. The number to call is 303-690-3000. You can also give us a call with your prayer requests. We are standing by. We'd love to pray with you and pray for you here on the air. And the benefit to that is that so many people are listening in, not only here around our local area, but uh, across the United States and even in other parts of the world. So give us a call. We'd love to hear your prayer requests. We'd love to lift them up together with you to the Lord, and we'd love to pray for you. So give us a call, 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Once again, the text line is 720-336-0897. I want to welcome those of you who are listening in Colorado and up into southern Wyoming on Grace FM. Welcome to the program. So glad to have you with us. You're hearing the show live today. Today is October 22nd. It is a Friday. We also want to welcome those who are listening on the East Coast on Hope FM and Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland, as well as those who are listening on Truth FM and into parts of, or in Tennessee and into parts of North Carolina and Kentucky. I also want to greet those who are listening on the, I'm trying to remember what it's called. Now, these are, we have some new stations here. Here it is, the Freedom Radio Network, which is airing all over the United States. I, I looked at some of the stations that they have, you know, everywhere from Wyoming down into Texas and then across the southern states. Really glad to have you with us. And uh, we've gotten some callers uh, recently. I had a caller from Memphis the other day uh, who's listening on his local station. So welcome to those of you who are listening across the Freedom Radio Network as well. We're so blessed to see how God is growing this family of listening stations here to Calvary Live, the show where you can call in with your Bible questions and prayer requests. Just a reminder that those of you on the East Coast and those on Hope FM, Truth FM, those in the Southern States on the Freedom Radio Network, you're hearing the program on a one-week delay. So we just want you to be aware of that, and we still want you to call in with your questions and Bible, uh, your Bible questions and your prayer requests. We'd love to hear from you still. We just want you to be aware of that. But uh, welcome again to those listening on all the different platforms, as well as those listening online. We have a growing number of people who listen on GraceFM.com 
and on the Grace FM mobile app. So if you don't have that yet, it's a great resource. It's totally free. I was recommending it to some people today because it's how I listen to the show, actually, um, when I'm not in my car. When I'm in my car, I listen to uh, Grace FM on my radio. But when I'm in the office or if I'm somewhere else, like at home, I don't have a radio anymore. So I listen on my smart speaker at home. I listen on the app when I'm here at the office. And so I would encourage you guys, go get that app. It's totally free. And just type in Grace FM as one word, no spaces. It'll come up. Just put that on your device and you'll be able to listen anywhere you are in the world. And so greetings to all of you who are listening online. Give us a call. We'd love to speak with you, pray for you, answer your Bible questions. The number to call 303-690-3000 or text us 720-336-0897. Our our lines are already filling up, so we'll get to our callers here in just one second, but I just want to introduce myself and say a few words about who I am. My name is Nick Cady. I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church, which is located in Longmont, Colorado. We're a Calvary Chapel-affiliated church here in this great city, and uh, I've been the pastor here for nine years. I took over when the church was um, was meeting downtown in Longmont. We met there for several years. Uh, I was not the founder of the church. I took over the church once it had already gotten off the ground. And uh, then I became the pastor. We met downtown in Longmont City Center for um, for eight years of me being here. And then last year, we moved into our own facility, which has been a huge blessing, and it's allowed us to grow. It's allowed us to do a lot more ministry. One of the things that's uh, really kind of pumping here at our church um, is our food pantry. Our food pantry ministry is going to be serving people tomorrow. So if you are in the Longmont area and you are in need of a little bit of assistance with food, we would love to serve you. Our food pantry is called Table of Hope, and it's going to be open tomorrow. Um, I can get the exact hours, but it's going to be open in the a.m. for sure. So let's say from like, if you come between 10 and 12 tomorrow, for sure the food pantry will be open. And uh, you can, there's a sign on the building, uh, Table of Hope Food Pantry. You can just come in and the people will pray with you, hear about what's going on in your life, and they will get you hooked up with some some food to help you uh, get through the month. And so you can check out more information about all the, that at Table of Hope Food Pantry. Just Google that and you'll find out about it. Some other ministries that have just been taken off here at our church are our youth ministry, young adults ministry. Also, we have a uh, thriving women's ministry. In fact, today, this afternoon, after my show, um, there is going to be a women's conference here at our church. Um, it is going on today and tomorrow morning. And so it's... Um, the Women's Conference, we have a whole bunch of ladies coming, and so we'd love it if you would pray for those ladies to have a really meaningful and spiritual time of growing close to each other and growing close to the Lord. So that's that's coming on uh, this evening. But we'd love to have you come and be part of what God's doing here at Whitefields. It really feels like a move of the Spirit here, and we would love for you to be a part of it. Um, you can find directions and all that information, as well as listen to some past sermons. Uh, that's all on our website, whitefieldschurch.com. So whitefields with an S, whitefieldschurch.com. And um, our physical address is 2950 Colorful Avenue. So 2950 Colorful Avenue in Longmont. And we are just east of County Line Road and just west of I-25 
on Highway 119. So you get off Highway 119, off I-25, you head west towards the mountains, and we're just a, a little bit down the road there. We're directly across the street from Sandstone Ranch Community Park, which is our big sports complex here in the southeast side of Longmont. There's also a, a big Walmart here on 119, uh, which is also called Ken Pratt Boulevard for those of you familiar with the area. But because of where we're located, we're really accessible from like uh, all the surrounding towns. So Mead, Berthoud, um, Lyons, Frederick, Firestone, Decono, um, Erie, Lafayette, Niwa, and Boulder. And um, I think I said Lyons, but yeah, Pinewood and all those good areas and hygiene. So if you're up in this area, we'd love to have you come and worship with us on a Sunday morning. We have three services every Sunday, 8 a.m., 9.30, and 11 a.m. And we'd love to have you come and join us for any of those. One thing I'm really excited about, in just a couple of weeks, we have a guest speaker coming. His name is Dominic Doan, and he wrote a book um, on the subject of, of pursuing God in the face of doubt. His book is called When Faith Fails, Finding God in the Shadow of Doubt. And this book has been really popular here at our church. We sell it in our bookstore. Dominic's also a pastor connected to Calvary Chapel, and um, he uh, is an Oxford scholar, uh, somebody I really look up to and uh, had the opportunity to do something with him about a month ago and asked him if he'd come and speak at our church. And so he said, yes, his schedule's pretty full. It's the only week that he was available. And so he said he'd come. It's November 14th. So put that in your calendars. We'd love to have you come, even if you're coming from a little bit further away. This is one to be there for, because right now there's a lot of conversation about people deconstructing their faith, you know, and you might have heard the terms like deconstruction, exvangelical, these sorts of things. Well, Dominic dives right into those conversations, right, and talks about how do we deal with uh, the big questions, that people are struggling with when it comes to faith and doubt. So we'd love for you to come and join us, particularly on that day. That's November 14th. Maybe bring a friend. Maybe you have a family member who struggles with doubt. Maybe you struggle with doubt. And so this would be a great opportunity for you to come and pursue God, even in the face of of persistent doubts. Um, but generally, we're studying the Bible on Sunday mornings. We're studying right now through 1 Corinthians. This, this Sunday, we're looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 11. I can't wait to study that. So we'd love to have you join us, 8 a.m., 9.30, and 11. More information, whitefieldschurch.com. Let's go to our first caller, Lee in Colorado Springs. Hi, Lee. Welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Nick. How are you? I'm doing great. What's up? Oh, not much, man. I was just curious, uh, what is the difference between the morning sun and the morning star? Well, you're going to have to tell me where you get the term morning sun from, because that's one I'm not familiar with. I'm familiar with the uh, term morning star. So, uh, some translations have it, the, you know, the day star. Uh, I think it's in Isaiah. talks about sun of the morning. Uh, mm -hmm. I think it was referring to Lucifer. And so I was just curious, ah. um, you know, the difference between the the day star, the morning star, the morning sun. Mm. Just curious the difference. Sure. Yeah. You know, it's a really important theme in the Bible. This idea of the morning star, or um, I've never heard it called the day sun, but I, I totally believe you that that might be how it's put in some translations. I'll give you a few uh, explanations of what this is talking about. So first of all, I'll just give you kind of the um, I guess, what would this be? The astronomical view, which is this, that what we often refer to as the morning star is the last mm -hmm. star that can be seen in the sky during the dawn. So what happens at dawn 
is that dawn is an in-between time, in-between night and day, right? So it means that the first light of morning has come, and the darkness is waning, and the light is growing, and yet it's not yet day, but it's no longer night. Now that is a really important metaphor in the Bible for the coming of Jesus. And Peter uses this metaphor. In 1 Peter, he says, when the morning star rises upon us, and he's talking about Jesus and the coming of Jesus. And basically what he's telling us is, this is where you are in history. If you are in history, here's where you are. You are in the, the dawn. In other words, what happens at dawn? Again, we were in the night, right? In darkness. The mm. morning star, Jesus, has risen. Uh, and yet, the new day has not yet dawned in fullness. So we live in this in-between time, which is what dawn is. It's this time in between the darkness and the full light of day. When the light has come in part, and yet it hasn't yet come in fullness. So darkness is still here in part, and yet not as powerful as it was. Light has come, and yet we know that it will come fully. And that's a really good description. The description of where we live now, right now, in this time after Jesus has come in his first coming and before Jesus has come in his second coming. So has the kingdom of God come? Yes, in part, and it will come in fullness in that day to come when Jesus returns. So it's a really important analogy that the Bible uses. It's used in the Old Testament of Jesus, and it is used in the New Testament of Jesus and, uh, and so it's, it's a really important metaphor. You know, so for example, you say that the kingdom has come, the light of God's glory has come in Jesus in part and yet not in fullness. And so that's why, you know, we see that there are manifestations of the kingdom, right? So people are healed. The truth is preached. And yet people, are st people still perish and die physically. And even though truth is preached, not everybody believes it. But there is coming a day, we're told in the Old Testament, when the knowledge of God will cover the earth like water covers the sea, right? When no one will say to his brother, know the Lord, because they will all know him. Oh. So that day is coming. Uh, but it has come now in part. We look forward to its coming in fullness. Okay, so to your other question about Lucifer. Yeah, so Lucifer was also given a name, right? The, by the way, the name Lucifer, even in Latin, right? Uh, it refers to light, luminescence. And the idea is that Lucifer was this bright light. He was one of the angels, but he was a particularly high-ranking angel. Some people suggest that he was the worship leader, if you will, in heaven. And yet, pride grew up in his heart, and a jealousy, like a desire, to not just be like God, but actually to dethrone God and take his throne. And in his pride, he led away a third of the angels who followed him. Those became fallen angels, demons. And, um, and yeah, so that, that tells us a few things. It tells us that angels have some degree of choice, right? We, we might use the term free will. And yet, um, one thing people always ask is, is there redemption available for angels? It would seem to me that the answer is no. Uh, we don't see any, any pathway for redemption for 
these fallen angels, whereas Jesus came to create salvation for humans. So that answer your question? I hope so. Uh, in, in Luke chapter 1, uh, Zechariah refers to Jesus as the day spring from on high that has visited us. Um, in Malachi and John's gospel, the word sunrise is used of Jesus, the one who brings light to all men. So, Lee, I, I might have lost you there, but uh, I hope that answers your question. God bless you. Thanks for calling in. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm taking your calls and texts live on the air. Would love to hear your questions about the Bible. Maybe you have some questions about how the Bible applies to life. We have one open line with the end of that call, so give us a call, 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0800. Nine seven. Let's go to our next caller, Jeremy in Franktown. Hi, Jeremy. Welcome to the program. Yes, sir. Thanks. Uh, given our current situation, I thought uh, kind of a pertinent question would be: uh, Scripture is clear. In the future, um, the mark of the beast will be implemented, and we can either buy or sell. And it kind of gives the idea we won't be able to provide for our families if you take the mark of, the, or if you don't take the mark of the beast. Uh, and then just curious how to reconcile that concept with First uh, Timothy 5.8 that says, if someone does not provide for their own family, they're worse than an unbeliever. Mm. Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think that the issue there would simply be that somebody who has... Um, refuse the mark of the beast would not be able to provide. So it's not a lack of desire. It's not a matter of laziness. It's a lack of ability. I mean, this is, um, I think there's a really big difference, right? So like second Thessalonians says, if somebody's unwilling to work, then they should not eat. In other words, what was happening is mm-hmm. particularly in that case, what was happening is that some people had this idea that, hey, Jesus is coming back in like 20 minutes from now. So quit your job, max out your credit card. And they did that. And then they, it's like, oh, Jesus didn't come back quite as soon as they thought he would. And so now here they are with no money, no job. And they're just kind of like living off the generosity of the other people in the church who didn't quit their jobs. And Paul says, hey, hey, this is not what it means to be ready for the coming of Jesus. Right to be ready for the coming of Jesus, according to Matthew 24 and 25, particularly Matthew 25, which is where Jesus explains what it means to be ready for his second coming. What to be ready for Jesus means to be busy about the work of the Lord. It doesn't mean to like sit somewhere and just be like, okay, I'm ready. I'm, I'm really ready, right? Like it's not just telling yourself that you're ready. You're actually doing something and what that something is you're being busy about the lord's work and part of god's work is providing for your family now in the case of the mark of the beast yeah obviously the issue is that at that time when that time comes uh people will not be able to provide for their family they'll probably be doing other things to do their best to provide for them it will be a time of great tribulation which is why we call it that and so you know i think here's here's one last thing i'll say about the mark of the beast The thing that I think people most often overlook when it comes to the subject of the mark of the beast 
is that um, that's not the only mark mentioned in the book of Revelation. In fact, the mark of the beast is juxtaposed with the other mark, which is called the mark of the lamb. And so sometimes I, I hear people talk about this, like they're really worried that they're going to get the mark of the beast on accident, right? Um, and so I, w- I always tell people, hey, number one, you're not going to get the mark of the beast on accident. It's very clear. This is something that you knowingly enter into. The mark of the beast is associated with denial of Jesus. That's not something you're going to do on accident. But furthermore, um, it's a matter of which mark are you going to get? Because if you can get a mark of the lamb or the mark of the beast, what it means to get the mark of the beast is to reject the mark of the lamb in favor of the mark of the beast. So I always tell people, hey, if you're going to talk about the mark of the beast, then you need to, you know, if you're a real Bible scholar, then you really need to um, understand the two marks and how those two marks relate to each other. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, I did uh, think of that verse that says, whoever will not work should not eat. But Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that 1 Timothy 1 doesn't say who he who's not willing to provide is worse than an unbeliever, but flat out, whoever does not provide for their family is worse than an unbeliever. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't say it, but it doesn't say it, but I mean, this is how we do theology, right? Biblical theology is that um, in order to understand what might be silent in one verse, right? So is it saying that somebody cannot provide or is it saying that somebody will not provide? In order to understand the nuance of what's not said in one verse, we have to take it in light of what other verses say. Okay. So if uh, hypothetically someone after the rapture uh, hears this recording (laughs) and uh, they have to decide between those two, then... Yeah, I would tell them, you take that mark of the lamb, reject the mark of the beast, and you will... I mean, that's what Paul says in Romans chapter 8, you know, the, the present sufferings of this life are not even worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed to us. Okay. Gotcha. Even if that means not providing for the family. Yeah. Uh, I, I guarantee that okay. somebody's going to do whatever they can, even if they can't buy or sell, right? You're going to plant potatoes in your backyard. You're going to do whatever you can to provide for your family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. Well, thank you very much. Appreciate the info. Thanks, Jeremy. God bless you. Listening thank to you Calvary well. Live. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air. Uh, today is October 22nd. It's a Friday. Welcome to the program. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible and your prayer requests. Love to hear from you. We have one open line. Give us a call with your Bible questions, your prayer requests, 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's go to our next caller, Denise in Voorhees, New Jersey. Hi, Denise. Welcome to the program. Hi. Hi, how are you? Doing great. What's up? Well, um, I have a question. I uh, went into a situation with a lady that, uh, you know, just kind of met at a store. And, you know, we got to talking a little bit, and she she said she was a believer, and um, she believed in Jesus Christ and the Bible. 
uh, after a little bit of a conversation with her, I found out that she she says that she believes in reincarnation. And, you know, I I think that she's confused, you know, and I just wanted to get some verses, uh, you know, of what to say to someone like that, that, you know, they know that Jesus uh, rose from the dead, uh, but that, of course, is not reincarnation. That's quite different. But I'm wondering if you could give me some ideas uh, about uh, where I could point people or someone who claims that they're Christian. Um, you know, I, I did mention to her, well, you know, I would certainly like to see where they, they say that in the Bible, but she she couldn't show it to me, of course, but I'd like to know where to point her to <clears throat> to show her that that's not the case uh, in Christianity. And uh, also, I have a lot of... Um, neighbors that are Indian, and I would love some ideas on how I might be able to evangelize to um, to those people. Mm. Yeah, that's all really good stuff, Denise. That's that's awesome. Okay, so here, here's what I'd be telling you about some Bible verses to talk to your friend, but I would have a few other yeah. things I'd talk to your friend about too. Okay, so let's start with Bible verses. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Perhaps, perhaps the most clear verse is Hebrews chapter 9 verse 27 which says okay. is it it is appointed for man or for human beings to die once and then face judgment so it literally says you die once and face judgment okay. so okay. that's Hebrews Hebrews 9 verse 27 9, 27 okay okay here's another one uh, Jesus says in Luke 23 verse 43 to the thief on the cross while Jesus is hanging on the cross the guy next to him expresses faith in Jesus and Jesus says to him today you will be with me in paradise so he does not say you know you will have another chance at life on earth or you have to pay for your sins in, in your next go around but hopefully you'll remember this conversation no he just says today you will be with me in paradise uh, here's another right. one Matthew 25 verse 46 tells us that when believers die, they go on to eternal life, whereas unbelievers go to eternal punishment, right? So that's after you die. So we don't just keep going through cycles of death and rebirth. We die, and then we go to be with God. Um, Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, he says, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So right there you go. To If you leave your body, your soul departs from your body, then where do you go? Well, you go to be with the Lord. Um, I could give you a few others, um, but I think, I think that'll do for now. Yeah. Uh, here's, here's the kind of uh, discussion I would have with this person. I would ask her, well, tell me why you believe in reincarnation. Like, tell me how you came to believe this. Because here's the thing, that Christians, right, it's not that they... They didn't know about the concept of reincarnation. It's that Christians and Jews before them, right? So Christianity being the fulfillment of Judaism, um, they've never believed in reincarnation. So why does she believe in reincarnation? Um, okay. And so I would, I would just ask the question and like have a conversation because here's what it comes down to. It comes down to a discussion of uh, what we call revelation, right? Like how do we know what we know about God? 
And the way we know what we know about God is because God has revealed it to us through the scriptures. And so this, if the scriptures don't teach reincarnation, then there's no other reason why I should believe in it. Um, I just recorded a podcast episode. It came out today. Uh, actually, sorry, it came out yesterday on my podcast. Um, and I would just recommend it to you that maybe that would help you have this discussion. But you can uh, just Google Theology for the People podcast. And okay. the latest episode is called um, General versus Specific Revelation. It's with a pastor, another pastor here in Colorado named Gino Geraci, very well-known and just well-spoken, also very smart, uh, theologically-minded guy. And so we discussed this idea, how can we know what we know about God? And where God doesn't tell us something, um, you know, what should we believe? So um, with that, I, I actually have to uh, put you on hold. I would like to answer your question about uh, conversations with Indian people. And so um, if you don't mind holding through the break, we, we've come up to our mid-show break. It's a two-minute break, and we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to Calvary Live, and we'll be right back in two minutes' time. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome back to Calvary Live. We've got all full lines right now, but we're getting to your calls and questions about the Bible and your prayer requests. Um, so when you hear somebody drop, that's a good time to give us a call. The number to call is 303-690-3000. You can also text us at 720-336-0897. My name is Nick Cady. I'm your host here every Friday on Calvary Live. I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. You can check us out online at whitefieldschurch.com. And right before the break, we were talking to Denise in New Jersey. Hey, Denise, are you still with me? Yes, I'm still here. Great. And your question that I wanted to a answer before I let you go was a question of, you know, you said there's a lot of people uh, from India who live in your area. And so, yeah. uh, and how could you start some maybe conversations with them about the Lord Jesus? So here's the thing. So, you know, obviously in India, lots of people with lots of different religions that they follow um, majority religion being Hinduism, but there's also other religions they follow. A lot, of, definitely a lot of Muslims from India. There's also okay. about 30 million Christians who live in India, and so there are a ton of great Christian, uh, you know, churches. And there's even a whole region in India called Kerala, which is um, where there are a lot of Christians. In fact, that is where they say the Apostle Thomas went during the first century to bring the gospel to India and establish a church there, which is one of the oldest churches in the entire world. Uh, a lot of people uh, aren't familiar with that history of India. So, so what's interesting, though, is that there, there is um, you know, 30 million people in India uh, compared to the whole population isn't, isn't uh, a lot, and yet 30 million people is still a pretty significant number. So a lot of uh, Indian people have come in contact with Christianity. They're not totally, it's not totally foreign to them. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the things I tell you is, particularly with Hindus, is that they tend to be really open to the idea of believing in Jesus and believing that Jesus is God. 
But what they tend to do is that they'll tend to uh, balk at the idea of the exclusivity of Christianity, right? So they'll say, you know, they're perfectly happy to believe that Jesus is another form of God um, come to earth. And they don't tend to have so many difficulties in believing even the story of the gospel. They don't balk at the miracles of Jesus. It really comes to an issue of um, the exclusivity of Christianity, which is a key element of Christianity, right? That's It's literally things that Jesus said, like, I, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Um, in the book of Acts, right? Only Jesus. There is no other name given under heaven by which men must be saved, right? So I think that uh, if I was going to give you any advice, it would be to befriend people, build a relationship, um, because these are these are not the kind of conversations that you're going to have, you know, in the grocery store aisle or, you know, on a street corner. These are conversations that that may take a long time. Establish some sort of a relationship before you can get into a conversation like this with, with people who have strong beliefs. I understand that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I would I would encourage you a few things that you can do: be praying for them, look uh -huh. for look for opportunities to engage them in in any kind of relationship. Have them into your home. Really show them the love of Jesus before. Uh -huh. um, you know, so that then when they understand why is this why is this lady being so nice to us, right? You say, well, here's yeah. why, uh, because Jesus has been kind to me. You know, when I was a stranger, he came and sought me, and he brought right. me and sat me at his table. And I want you to know about Jesus. And then then you can begin to have those theological conversations. And, okay. Yeah. All right then. Well, that's that's really good advice. I I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Well, let, let's pray for you before you go. Lord, we pray for Denise. Uh, we pray for her as she's talking to her friend uh, who claims to believe in you and yet believes something which, which really isn't what you taught, Jesus, about life and death. And so we pray that you would help her to bring clarity uh, to that friend. And we pray that her friend would truly know you and truly rely on your word. Uh, Lord, we pray also for all these people in her community that she has a heart for. Lord, help her to build some relationships. And we pray that through those relationships, you'd open doors for her to share the good news about Jesus and that it would be well-received. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. And thank you. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Great to hear from you, Denise. God bless you. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, listen to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. We have one open line with the end of that call. Give us a call, 303-690-3000 with your Bible questions and your prayer requests, 303-690-3000 or text us 720-336-0897. Let's go to our next caller, Matt in Denver, Colorado. Hey, Matt, welcome to the program. Hey, good afternoon, Pastor Nick. So What's I'm, up? Am I... Oh, did I lose you? About... There you are. No, I'm, okay. I'm still here. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, you cut out for a second, but you're good now. Go for it. Okay, perfect. So going back to a couple of conversations ago, you had this this past hour about um, the fallen angels and Satan, how he got his where he's at. So if, my question is, if God is all-knowing, which I know that he is, and I believe that, how did he not know that this was going to happen with Satan and 30, or a third of the angels in heaven? I don't think that he didn't know. I don't think he was surprised. I don't think it caught him off guard. I think he knew that it would happen. 
But in the same way that like, you know, there seems to be this thing with God where, okay, he is absolutely sovereign. He has perfect foreknowledge of the future. And yet he chooses to let things play out in a way that they're going to play out. And yet he he's the, you know, 4D chess player, right? Essentially the master um, in his providence, in his foreknowledge, and in his sovereignty. And so I, I believe that God knew that this would happen. He allowed it to happen. And... Um, and that he is using it even for good and for his glory. Okay. And if, if heaven's perfect and there is no sin or anything like that, how did these angels um, get a bad feeling in their whatever to turn on him? Like if, if heaven is perfect and there's no sin, there's nothing bad up there, how, how did these fallen angels even get to that point where they were like, well, I'm going to take take over God. Like, why would they even have that thought? Uh, well, sure. Yeah. And you can, you can understand why, you know, for ever since the creation of the angels until now, there haven't, there hasn't been another rebellion like that, right? Like there right. hasn't, these creatures or beings have existed for now, you know, in our time, thousands and thousands of years and many of them never will turn away. And the reason they won't turn away is because they're there in the presence of God. And, you know, you would assume that being in the presence of God, being, being in that holy place would cause you to be filled with such awe and reverence that you could never even conceive of, right. you know, going against God. And yet it seems that pride and hubris are so powerful Right, that even in a creature, a being that didn't have a fallen nature like we do, and yet there there was still a choice given to them. There was still an yeah. opportunity for them to choose. And that gets to the whole question of, you know, is love really love if there's no choice involved, right? There must be right. a, a choice involved. And so um, it seems to me that God gave them a degree of choice. And some of them, especially at one time, decided to use that choice in the wrong way. Like pride took over their hearts. And, and I think it's such an important warning, right? That pride isn't just like a bad habit, um, right. but it's actually the very sin that caused Satan, that Lucifer, right? The angel of light to be so caught up that he tried to overthrow God to his own damnation and to the damnation of so many others. It's a, it's a pretty sobering thought. Absolutely. All right, well, that uh, clears that up a little bit more for me. Okay, I, 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 listen, I listen to you guys all the time, and every time someone has a question, I'm like, oh, I got another question behind that question. <laughs> so I try to write it down or remember, but I'm usually driving. So yeah. I'm glad that I was able to catch that one today. Good. Good to hear from you, Matt. Hope to hear from you again in the future. Absolutely will. All right, bye-bye. All right, bye. Listening to Calvary Live, this is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. And for our whole show, we've had just full lines. Uh, right now, we have two open lines, which means that for some of you, maybe you're out there like Matt, you've been driving and you have a follow-up question to someone we've been talking about, or you've always wanted to call in and ask this one thing. Now's a great time. We have two open lines. Give us a call, 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000 with your prayer requests and with your questions about the Bible, maybe how the Bible applies to life. You can also text us at 720-336-0897. That's 720-336-0897. Let's go to our next caller, Crystal in Pasadena, Maryland. 
Hi, Crystal. Welcome to the program. Crystal. So I uh, I see that Crystal had a question. The question's written down for us. So we might have lost Crystal. She might have uh, had to go or something like that. She's on hold for a bit. Um, but her question was this. Is it okay for a woman to be a pastor or a preacher biblically? Well, I think those are actually two different questions, right? So here's here's what I would tell you. There's, a, there's some really relevant passages about this, and there's, there's a, a couple of them. Um, I just read a great summary on this. It's one of the better books I've read on this subject that, you know, because on this subject of like the role of men and women in the church, you get these really big books and, and it's like, can't somebody just like sum this up for us in a really biblical but more concise way? And I found one the other day. I read it. It took me about one or two nights to read it. Um, but it was by Kevin DeYoung. So Kevin DeYoung, D-E, and then the word young. Um, he is a pastor and theologian. And Kevin, he, um, he, his book is called Men and Women in the Church. Pretty simple title. Um, but he gets into all of these issues, you know, deals with all the relevant passages. It's not only about is it okay for a woman to be a pastor or preacher, um, but he gets into that as well because that's addressed. Okay, so basically here's what it comes down to. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, which is, again, the passage that I'm preaching this Sunday, Paul the Apostle says, he says that in that culture, there in Corinth, right, in the Roman Empire back in the day, uh, the, it was common for women to wear headscarves. And that headscarf communicated a few things. It communicated the idea of chastity. It also communicated the idea of fidelity to your husband. So where we, whereas we wear wedding rings, women in those days would wear headscarves to indicate that they were married and things like that. And so... Um, some of the Corinthian Christian women were saying, you know, in Christ, we are now liberated. We're now free. We're, we're the same as men because it says that in Galatians chapter 3, verse 28, that in Christ, there's no longer slave nor free, no longer male nor free, female, no longer Greek nor Jew. And so some of these women began saying, oh, then, then we're not wearing these headscarves anymore. And, and Paul had to write them and say, hey, hey, don't forget, those headscarves communicate something in your culture about the fact that you're married. And to take that off would be dishonoring to your husband. It'd be like you going around and kind of kind of communicating to people that you um, are not married, that you, you know, you're you're available, if you will. And so Paul says you should you should wear them because it's honoring and the, the and God set up an order in in creation and in um yeah, in his order, just as Jesus submits to the Father. And so then here's what's interesting, though, and this is the reason I bring up 1 Corinthians 11, is because then he says that a woman, when she pr uh, prophesies or prays in the church, she should cover her head. Now, that, that assumes a couple things, doesn't it? One of the things it assumes is that women are going to be prophesying and praying in the gathered church, right? So, that means that th that women are allowed to do those things in the church. Okay, but then we go to like a passage like First Timothy chapters two and three, and they're they're really important passages. They really go together because the end of chapter two talks about this. He says, Paul says, "I don't permit a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man in the church." And then he says in chapter three, verse one. Here's what it looks like for those who exercise authority and teach in the church. They're called elders. 
And in the Bible, right? So elder is the position and pastoring or shepherding is the role, is what they do. And so Paul says, here's what elders or pastors are called to do. They're called to lay down doctrine and exercise church discipline or authority. And he makes it clear there, you know, by saying that an elder is the husband of one wife, that this is a role that it has been reserved in God's economy only for men. Now, in the same way, and Paul ties this in, in 1 Corinthians 11, in the same way that Jesus is God, and yet Jesus submitted to the Father, who is also God, right? In the Trinity, right, we have one God in three eternally co-equal, co-eternal persons. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. The Father is God, the Son is God, the Holy Spirit is God equally. And yet, the Father is not the Son, the Son is not the Father, the Son and the Son is not the Spirit, the Spirit's not the Son, the Son the Spirit's not the Father. Right? They're, so they're unique and they have unique roles. And part of their unique roles, we're told in Philippians chapter 2, it says that Jesus, even though he was God, he did not um, seek to be, uh, to usurp the role of the Father. Right? So even though he was God and the Father was God, yet he submitted himself to the Father, even to the point of death on the cross. And he says there, have that same mind in you that was also in Christ Jesus. And so all that to say, then when we talk about order and roles, it's tied to the Trinity and the order and roles in the Trinity. And it does not mean that one is uh, better, more valuable, smarter, or in some way superior to the other. It just means that we have different roles in the church. So to answer your question, can women preach? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And they should preach, but in the right settings, right? And so, for example, we, we read about in Titus how the older women are called to teach the younger women, right? So, so should they preach the gospel? Absolutely. The first people who preached the gospel, if you will, were women who came from Jesus' empty tomb, and they proclaimed that Jesus had risen from the dead to the other disciples. And so um, we want everyone in the church, male and female, to preach the gospel to one another, to uh, each other, right? to ourselves, to children, to other adults, right? And to, we want the older women to teach the younger women about life and godliness. But then you ask the question, is it okay to, for a woman to be a pastor? Well, if pastor is equated with elder— which it is in the Bible, right? Elder is the role, pastoring is the, the action, then I would say, no, that is the one thing that is precluded. So I would say those are two different things. It's one thing to preach and it's one thing to be a pastor. And, uh, and I hope that, hope that makes sense and answers your question. I'd love to answer any follow-up questions for anybody out there who has questions on that. The view I'm expressing uh, is known as a complementarian view, which means that we believe that men and women are equal and yet they have unique but complementary roles to play in the body of Christ. So, Crystal, hope that you were able to tune in for that answer, and I hope that uh, it answered your question well. So, God bless you. Thanks for calling in. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air, answering your questions about the Bible, and praying for your prayer requests. So give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. Love to pray for your prayer requests. We'd love to answer any questions you have about the Bible. 
The number to call, 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Let's go to Sydney in Denver, Colorado. Hi, Sydney. Welcome to the program. Hi. Thank you so much for uh, taking my call. I'm actually a first-time listener. Um, By the grace of God, I came across just something that you were saying a few minutes ago, and I've been tuning in. And when you said that we could call with prayer requests, I was like, all right, two spots, I'm calling in. That's awesome. Sydney, Um, so have you lived in the Denver area for a long time, and you just recently came across the station? Yeah, for about a year and a half, but admittedly, I don't uh, often listen to the radio. I'm usually tuned into something on on my phone. Um, But of course, God God works in all sorts of ways, so I turned it on today, and uh, yeah, here we are. Awesome. Make sure to put that as a preset now, eh? Yes, exactly. That's what what I was just thinking. Um, well, I called in today uh, for a prayer request. Um, someone who I used to work with, uh, she's just a really lovely young woman, um, and I was just able to really see her good heart, um, and she seemed to struggle when I worked with her. And so before I would go into work, I often prayed for her because I knew that coming back to a relationship with Christ, obviously I've seen what it's done for me, for you, for, for all of us, we know how much peace that brings us. And so I often would pray for her to come back to Christ, and but it was totally unbeknownst to her. And uh, yesterday, um, you know, we haven't worked together for a few months, but yesterday she reached out to me and just said that, you know, some things have happened in her life, and she really had some awakenings, and she wants to create a relationship with Jesus again and get back to Christianity. And she said that I'm the only person that she felt like she could reach out to. And so I just wanted to pray for her, for all of us to pray for her um, salvation through Christ and uh, by God's grace alone that she repents and comes back to Jesus and, and claims him as her Savior. All right. We'd love to do that. Let's pray for that. Heavenly Father, we pray for Sydney's friend and coworker. Lord, we, we thank you that she's come to this place in her life where she is turning towards you, Jesus. And uh, thank you that she felt comfortable enough to reach out to Sydney and ask for, for help and guidance and assistance in that. So Lord, we pray, give Sydney a lot of wisdom with the words to speak uh, for this friend. Lord, words that will truly represent you well, that will truly help this uh, woman to make her next steps in following Jesus. And Lord, we do pray for her. We pray for her salvation. We pray that she would put down her yes, that she wouldn't uh, waffle and, uh, and maybe stay on the fence, but Lord, that you would bring her to the place of complete surrender to you and, and also experiencing in that the joy of forgiveness, the joy of new life in you. So Lord, we pray for her salvation. We also pray that as she is saved, Lord, that she would begin to walk with you and that Amen. she would become rooted and grounded in your word, by your spirit. And so, Lord, we pray for her, that you would do an an amazing work in her life, get her across the the finish line of trusting in you and on to that next incredible stage of walking with you. And, Lord, we pray that you would use Sydney in that process. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, all glory to God. Thank you so much for that. That was so lovely. And I, I just feel totally, totally filled up right now. So thank you so much. Awesome. Great to hear from you, Sydney. Glad you found our station. All right. God bless you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, listen to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Coming up on the end of the show and uh, 
Got a few callers on the line, a few text messages to answer, but you can still call in if you'd like. The number to call is 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. You can also text us 720-336-0897. Let's go to Bonnie in Denver, Colorado. Hi, Bonnie. Welcome to the program. Hi, thank you. I have a prayer request. Go for it. Um, there is addiction in my family right now that's running rampant, and I've been praying without ceasing for weeks and months, and I just thought, you know, I could use some help with that. Mm. Okay. Yeah, let's do that. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray for Bonnie and we pray for her family. Lord, we know that you want us to be free. You are the great liberator, Jesus. And so we ask uh, for her family. We join in prayer with her for her family. And Lord, we pray that you would bind the enemy in the ways that he wants to twist and and just keep people captive to addiction uh, and just keep them stuck in these ruts. Lord, we pray that you would set them free. As your word says in Romans chapter 6, it talks about how in Christ we have died to who we were and we've been born again to new life so that the old things would no longer rule our lives. And so, Lord, we pray that for her family members. We pray that they would truly be born again, that their old life and the addiction would fall away, the bonds would be broken, and, Lord, that you would give them new life in which they are set free from those things. So we pray for strength to withstand temptation. We pray that you would do a miracle and set them free from addiction. And, Lord, that you would receive the glory. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much. Absolutely. I, I have uh, addiction in friends and families' lives as well. So I know how frustrating it can be. And so I pray that God gives you patience because sometimes that, that's the hard part, right? Yes, and just the heartbreak, the yeah. lives ruined. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's hard to watch. Absolutely. But you know what? There are so many, so many testimonies out there. Uh, people in my church who I talk to all the time tell me, I was just caught up in addiction, and the Lord brought me out of it. Yes, I know He can. I know He wants mm-hmm. to. Amen. Oh, I appreciate your show so much. Thank you. Thanks for calling in, Bonnie. God bless uh-huh. you. Bye. Listening to Calvary Live, we're in the final minutes of our show. Let's go to our next caller, Val in Aurora. Hi, Val. Welcome to the program. Hi. Um, I, my question is, why do people still consider cremation when the Bible has, like, numerous places where it talks about in like in First and Second Kings and First and Second Chronicles, it talks about how this king was buried, but this one wasn't put in the tomb and of his fathers, and the other one there was no no fires made for him. And then it also talks about where the wife of Jeroboam disguised herself. Because why do you disguise yourself? Your son is going to die, and he will be the only one you know in your family. You're cutting out on me a little bit. Sorry, but, since God um, talks so much in his word, like repeat, I say more than two dozen times. Mm-hmm. Why do people still even think about cremation when it obviously matters to God how we're buried? Mm. Yeah, well, I'll tell you this, that cremation was practiced in the ancient world, and there are occurrences in the Old Testament of people being burned to death, but the, yeah. that's not cremation, right? Um, right. So here, here are a few things to keep in mind that the, for the Jewish people, the reason why they didn't practice cremation is because they believed in the resurrection of the body. 
which is, of course, something we believe in as Christians as well. Here's the other part of this that I'll tell you, is that, so the Jews absolutely got it right, that um, our bodies will be physically resurrected. There is coming a resurrection, and it will be physical in nature. And yet, they, they made an assumption, and that assumption was that, therefore, God does not want us to be cremated. Okay, so nowhere in the Bible are you going to find a prohibition, neither in the Old Testament or the New Testament, of cremation. And so, right, the idea here, think about it like this, and I, I hope this does not sound crass or insensitive, but if somebody's body dies, right, that, then that shell of a body, it, or that tent, as, as we're, it's called in the New Testament, it decomposes. It goes to dust, right? And so, from that dust, God will regather that body. Now, think about how this works, right? Over time, you know, ashes to ashes, dust to dust, we're, we're made by dust, we decompose into dust, and that dust of someone's body then can be scattered throughout the earth, right? It can be uh, through different you know, natural processes, um, it can be scattered. And we could even say that the same organic material eventually ends up in plants, trees, other human beings as they eat them, right? To not be gross. But just saying that God is able to regather our bodies without uh, the need for us to, you know, keep them intact in a box. So to someone who is contemplating is cremation okay, I would put it this way, that um, it wasn't the practice in the Old Testament. It wasn't the practice of the early Christians because they believed in a physical resurrection. But I also believe that believing in a physical resurrection does not preclude someone from cremation because God is more than able to resurrect our bodies from dust. I have to let you go. We've come up to the end of our show. Thanks for the interesting question. God bless you. Hey, you've been listening to Calvary Live. My name is Nick Cady, pastor of Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Check us out online, whitefieldschurch.com. We'd love to have you visit us this coming Sunday, 8 a.m., 9.30, and 11. You can get directions and all that information on our website, whitefieldschurch.com. God bless you. I'll be with you've you been listening week. to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.